We need to recognize that children's ministry is helping children learn to be citizens, not in this world, but of the kingdom mm. of, of God. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dad and Lad podcast. We're so excited that you've been joining us in this journey. Uh, my name is Jonathan and I'm the lad and I'm serving with my dad, Lawson. We serve with Scripture Union Canada. And this has been fun. We uh, just set up at the dining room table. It's a sunny day right now. And we're able to talk about children, family, parenting, ministry. And today we're doing a part two uh, episode from last week, which we were looking at what is children's ministry. And we were looking at a definition. And the definition that we came uh, out with and we explained is the process of connecting children with Jesus and his story. And as we define that, we kind of focus on some of those terms, right? Process, connecting, children being what we're talking about, and then Jesus ultimately being the one who we are wanting the children to meet and to for the children to immerse in his story. So this is going to be a part two today, uh, where we're moving from defining children's ministry to looking at the theology of children's ministry. And uh, so let's start right there. Dad, first question. Why is it important to have a theology of children's ministry? Oh, now you're tapping into the place that I am really comfortable talking about, Johnny. Uh, I think for a number of reasons. One, because uh, belief and practice are reciprocally shaped. They rely on each other. Mm. Uh, and as I often say, good practice usually flows out of good theology. Although I also heard a friend say to me recently that the reverse is also true. Yeah. That good practice often links us back into good theology as well. But I think in terms of a practical answer, I would need to say that a theology of children's ministry is important because it gives us a clear sense of how to unveil the awesomeness of Christ mm. and his mind-boggling love that he has for children. And so, so that's essential, you know, for us to, to link into Christ, to understand him biblically as, as, as necessary for us in our practice. And then finally, I think I'd say that when we know how to reveal more of Jesus, which good theology helps us do, yeah. then the children will get a clearer view of him and the relationship he wants to have with them. It seems like often when people start in a new ministry position, uh -huh. and in this case, we're kind of focusing on children's ministry, whether that's volunteer, pastoral position, paid position, full-time not, whatever that looks like, and we are kind of focusing within that kind of context. Um, when people step into a new position, the first thing that they want to do is figure out the program, figure out what's been going on, figure mm -hmm. out the plans, um, make sure they got the top-notch snacks like they got all the kind of logistics worked out and i think that's mm -hmm. a um not just a unique thing to western culture but particularly it does come from this more task-oriented program-minded mindset that we do find in the west mm -hmm. and and we all know that theology is important but it doesn't seem to be the first priority and it's um i'm wondering how that journey was for you and in, in your experience of children's ministry can you relate to having just Absolutely. jumping in and just trying to like Absolutely. fill in those gaps before actually thinking about what you're actually doing. Even as you started saying what you were saying, I'm thinking, 
that described me when I started out <laughs> in children's ministry. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, like you say, all I was interested in was, okay, I've got to design a program and, okay, what story should I use and how will I dramatize it? And, uh, oh, we're going to need prizes and, and what kind of competitions will really get the kids ramped up? And yeah. my mind was all in those how-to aspects of it. I never stopped to even think for years about, okay, what does the Bible say I should be doing? Mm. And how does the Bible direct what this children's ministry should be all about? So in a way, would you say that in understanding a theology of children's ministry, it kind of took all those scattered thoughts and things that were good and that are exciting and fun, but actually um, in a beautiful way brought some clarity and if they put a picture behind it, it kind of took all those juggling balls and put them in a container and started refocusing things. Like, was that kind of your experience, what, what theology has done in the past? Absolutely. And it was certainly a process. Yeah. And, and the more I've thought theologically, the more I've pressed back into the scriptures over the decades of doing children's ministry, the more I have refined the practice of children's ministry, the more I have prioritized some things over other things. Yeah. And, and I guess you weed out things like, okay, if God values children, then we need to do X, Y, and Z. And so exactly. it weeds out. And then if I'm doing this, if this actually doesn't serve a purpose, I don't need this. And mm -hmm. so what, what I'm hearing is when we bring it to God's word first and the theology informs practice and and vice versa as well, but we have a greater clarity and it's more effective and it's more God-honoring mm -hmm. and ultimately goes back to that definition of it's going to help children connect with Jesus and his story. Absolutely. And so when we get to the Bible, we don't see a book of the Bible that says Children's Ministry 101. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice. <laughs> the book of Children's Ministry. Um, I think often that would be, we would love to see just like a clear manual mm -hmm. and guideline, but rather we have God's full story mm -hmm. and we do see that the Bible informs us and there are biblical assumptions and foundations that we can take from the full meta narrative mm -hmm. that will inform the practice and methodology of children's ministry. What are some of those that you've uh, been able to see? Wow. I'm pausing because that's a really tough question. It's really tough for this reason. As you've already said, there is no, a book of children's ministry in the Bible. What we have is a whole number of passages, didactic passages, teaching passages, and narrative passages where, uh, where there are principles and ideas contained within the stories about families and so on yeah. that inform children's ministry. Now, there are some uh, verses of Scripture, if you like. They're very which, clear. Yeah, which are very clear and read in context. You can say, okay, I can take that and apply that. Yeah. But on the whole, we have to glean our theology from, uh, as you've already said so well, from the whole meter narrative, from looking at, mm. at the major themes and, and the story from beginning to end as it informs uh, children's ministry. And... And then as we do that, we break down our thinking, if you like, into, into assumptions about children's ministry. And we look to see how those scriptures can inform each assumption. Yeah. And um, 
with that, there's like foundational principles in play, and then there's also a lot of more guiding principles. So let, let's start, let's go through uh, some of those um, biblical assumptions that have been mm-hmm. helpful for you. Mm-hmm. So the first one, which is paramount for me, is that children's ministry should have a Christological focus. Now, I know that's a fancy word, but we're talking theology here. Christological means a focus on Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, that he should be uh, the center of everything that we do. Because children's ministry isn't simply about good morality or good behavior or good religion. Uh, you know, that, that's legalism or, yeah. or that's religion generally. What it's about is, is a person. It's about helping children fix their eyes on Jesus. As it says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, he's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. It's helping children know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as we read in John 14, verse 6. Uh, in every way, it's helping them enter into a relationship with him that informs and directs and is all-pervading in their life. So over everything else we may talk about today, I I want to emphasize as we start that a good theology of children's ministry starts with a focus on Jesus. Starts with a focus on Jesus, and then with that, recognizing that we're talking to a person that from there we recognize that children's ministry needs to be relational, which we've Mm -hmm. talked about many times before in this podcast as well. But now with knowing that and knowing even as the call to follow Christ, mm-hmm. he says, is to actually pick up our cross and to to die to ourselves. It's the same with inviting children to follow Jesus, meaning it's also going to be countercultural. And that's one yeah. of the things you also say mm-hmm. in defining the theology of children's ministry. Can you explain how children's ministry can look countercultural? Again, that's another great question because... Frankly, as I look at some children's ministry, it doesn't always look countercultural to me. It actually looks very similar to the world. And yet, it seems to me, if we have a careful reading of the scriptures, that the scriptures are very clear that children need to choose between the world and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me very clear, certainly if I think of First John 2 and verse 15, that we're not to love the world or anything in the world. So children's ministry rightly aligned is going to be distinct. Uh, There's not going to be worldly accommodation or compromise. Uh, We are, we're certainly not going to be happy with children being entitled and chasing after uh, the things of the world, which are very attractive uh, to us and to children, as we know. Uh, children's ministry, as we speak about being countercultural, therefore has to be something that's radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be something that, in order to be countercultural, has to have a dynamic allegiance mm-hmm. to Jesus uh, and not to the things of the world. Uh, I guess you're probably wanting me to sort of press into what that might look like practically, but I'm reluctant to go there. I'm more interested in sharing the principles because to start laying it out then becomes very difficult because that looks different in in each person's context. Well, I think what we do need to recognize that children's ministry is you're drawing the battle lines and we are needing to 
recognize that there is a battle in the sense of we're fighting for the world is fighting for children's allegiance Mm -hmm. and Christ is calling us to follow him and he's calling children to follow him to come Mm -hmm. and follow me and take my yoke upon you and to do my way of life and that is going to be you can't serve two masters as it says I like that it is this the word God's word says and so it also speaks to how we need to be very clear at the cost of following Christ and we can't shy away from telling children mm-hmm. very early on. There is a cost to following mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things that as you grow mature that then we say, oh, just by the way, <laughs> this is what it means to be a Christian. Actually, you you shouldn't have the love of money or the love right. of all that. Right. You know, like we need to start setting that precedent early. And it also means that as adults, it needs to go through us mm-hmm. and we need to be living counterculturally. Mm-hmm. Right, and as you say that, it reminds me of another theological premise that is so much a part of God's Word, and and it's the idea that children's ministry is kingdom-oriented. As you talk about drawing the battle lines, battles happen between kingdoms, right? And and we we need to recognize that children's ministry is helping children learn to be citizens, not in this world, but of the kingdom Mm -hmm. of, of God. Uh, I like what uh, the author Frank Viola says about being citizens of the kingdom. He says that it was and still is an insurgence against the present order of things, uh, Mm. which is what you're saying. You know, uh, children's ministry needs to lead and nurture children in a way in which they, they know that they are coming up against it, that they're in a battle. And because children's ministry needs to be kingdom-oriented, it goes back to our first point that children need to meet the king. Absolutely. Because once they have allegiance to the king, they will follow suit into his kingdom plan, and they will be able to uh, live that out. Right, they need Um, to be citizens in order to be part of the kingdom. They need to know the king. And um, that's a beautiful thing, because it's a beautiful... uh, Though there is sacrifice, we find joy even as I think, I think of uh, the, um, when Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, I want to call it the king's speech. Mm-hmm. He gives us what the kingdom will look like. And it's, mm-hmm. okay, when you are humble, you are blessed and you be exalted. When you, um, when you give, you know, and it's all, all these all opposites. Those, all those beatitudes. And it, all those yeah. beatitudes, and it's the opposite. And so it's, it's mapping that out for children from an early age, not for just behavior modification being like, we need to give generously just because we need to, but saying Jesus, who is generous and gave up his life and calls us to follow him, mm-hmm. tells us to be gentle. Jesus, who was humble. And so all those kingdom principles, mm-hmm. there is many practical things of how we need to show children mm-hmm. how to live like that. And um, more than just teach it, to actually give it opportunities to take those things and put them into practice. So here we go. Theology and children's ministry, practical, it's a balance, it's good. Let me push back on you now because I know that uh, you have followed and connected with uh, the 414 movement and you've been very impressed with uh, certainly some of their guiding principles. Um, and, And I know as we've chatted before that both of us have spoken about how the 414 movement gives us some essential ingredients for children's ministry. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so the four essential ingredients that they have of that need to be integrated within children's ministry is to reach, rescue, root, and release. And you know what? We'll unpack those right after this break. 
If you've been enjoying the Dad and Lad podcast, but you think, ah, I would love to just be able to read some of these thoughts over again and to sink my teeth into it visually. Okay, that's a weird picture. <laughs> well, go to thechildrensministrybasics.com blog and you'll see tons of different articles that we are using to inform our podcast. That's childrensministrybasics.com. Okay, back to the episode. To recap, we've been looking at how children's ministry needs to have a Christological focus. It needs to be relational. It will be countercultural, and it needs to be kingdom-oriented. We're also now looking at this idea of the ingredients that are required is essentially both evangelism and discipleship needs to be at play. And so that's why we have these four R words, reach, rescue, root, and release. Reach and rescuing, speaking about having to share the gospel and to evangelize and to reach out literally to children who don't know Jesus and root and release are talking about grounding children in God's word and then sending them out to be Christ's ambassadors and to be able to fully recognize their calling as um, disciples for Christ and to to go into the world in their context their school uh, wherever they are in their sports fields mm-hmm. um, to be able to share the love of Jesus. You know, as you're saying all of that, it brings to mind a, a very poignant memory that I that I have from from years ago when I was working in Brazil, and uh, I was taken one day uh, to a city dump about an hour outside of Rio de Janeiro. Mm. And I knew I was getting close to it when I, when there was this terrible smell and I could see all these, I think they were vultures or something like that, some kind of bird like that, circling up ahead, hundreds and hundreds of them. Wow. And we drove up this hill and we came to this beautiful, white, pristine building. And we went inside and I met... Uh, met all these children and the people who were working with them. It was a Compassion International ministry that existed there. Hmm. And then the director of that center said, okay, I'm going to take you down to see the dump now. And we walked down, we walked through these trees, and suddenly in front of me there was this huge, huge, huge dump. And it looked like little ants scurrying all over, which were actually children and adults who were picking through the garbage. Mm. And uh, we walked through uh, at the base of the dump and there were these shacks made out of stuff that had been found on the dump, old tin and plastic. And there was rivers of leachate, which is that poisonous uh, stuff that comes out of dumps. And it was just dreadful. And I looked at these children who were on the dump and walked around, walked back to the Compassion International building. And the contrast was like chalk and cheese. Mm. I couldn't believe... Heaven and hell. Well, it was was just like heaven and hell. In fact, later that night, because we stayed for the day, later that night... I remember looking out from the building and seeing the fires coming up from the dump. Because, the, is it methane in dumps? Sure, uh, the gases. There. The gases naturally ignite. And so you had these flames coming up from the dump. And here I was in mm. this Compassion International building, 
which was like heaven in comparison. It was clean. All the children had lovely clean t-shirts on. They had showers and everything from them. But here's the thing. Those children all came from the shacks and everything that were at the base of the dump. Mm. And for me, it, it illustrated what you're talking about here so very well. The Compassion International staff were reaching and rescuing right on their doorstep. It was visible. They saw the children. Right. And they were saving them from disaster, the filth and stench and mess of, of life that they were living in. And not only were they reaching and rescuing them, and the reason I was there was because my work with Scripture Gift Mission, I was equipping them with biblical resources so that they could disciple those children, so mm. they could teach them about the love of life. And interestingly, as I've stayed in contact with them, they've had children who have grown up, who have joined their team, and now are in turn to get to our final R, rescuing yeah, repeating. Other children, <laughs> repeating what had happened yeah. to them, who are in similar terrible circumstances. Mm. Wow, what a picture. And I think what stands out is that it was just so visible of the mission they had right in front of them. Mm-hmm. They visibly knew who they were rescuing and reaching. And often, we might not have that visual representation, or we're not thinking about the children in our communities who need to be reached with the love of Christ. Yet the picture is still the same when we think of the soul of the child and that if without Christ, the Bible says, he who has the son has life, but he who does not have the son does not have life. Mm-hmm. It spells it out really clearly in the book of John. And so we need to have that impetus and that motivation to reach and rescue and to be in our communities and to find ways to connect with children in our communities. Admittingly, our bias is we see how Sport is such a good platform for that Mm -hmm. Uh, and play and activities and it serves as a great platform for evangelism. And yet at the same time, we also see how different things in different parts of the world, but we need to be reaching in to communities um, and have that picture in our mind. Which which leads my thinking to, to another theological point that needs to be made, which we made in the previous episode, and that is children's ministry is a process Mm -hmm. and 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 i say that just to jump into another thought that i have and it's this that children's ministry getting back to the story of rescuing the children from that dump yeah needs to have a high view of children absolutely you would think that that would go without saying but sometimes we're doing children's ministry without recognizing that that jesus loves them desperately um and and that uh that children's ministry exists because children exist. Exactly. <laughs> and children are created in the image of God, so they have so much value. Mm. And and because we have a high view of, of children and that they're not lesser humans, mm-hmm. um, we recognize even on even more so, we can even push it to say that they also are models of faith. Yes. We have a high view of children, but we also mm-hmm. need to. We can also learn from children. Right. We love them because Jesus treasured them. Absolutely. Uh, we all know that verse so well. You know, uh, let the little children come to me, and don't hinder them from from that. Yeah. Um, a few things I just want to touch on before we wrap up is we also need to honor parents. And children's mm-hmm. ministry is though it's focused to children, we need to recognize we need to honor parents and see them as the primary. 
um, partner, primary partner, as we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to because it's Jesus focused, kingdom focused, countercultural, we're talking about a rescue mission, we're talking about um, all these different things, we need to recognize that there's going to be an enemy that's going to try and mm-hmm. subvert all of our plans. And I think maybe just a, a final thought on this one is that we will face opposition. Yes, if we're doing children's ministry as well, we should, we will encounter uh, you know fully taught and and worked out. Uh, children's ministry is scandalous. Hmm. The world is going to resist. Uh, certainly, our enemy Satan and the unseen uh, enemies that are in the heavenlies, they are going to uh, they're going to oppose what is being done. And children connected with uh, with the Christian faith will face ridicule and hostility, mm. and and all sorts of challenges. And we need to be aware of that and embrace that as part of what children's ministry is about. Absolutely, I'm thinking just to bring this episode to a close. I've just really been feeling that we need to take time just to to pray. And I want to invite you to pray, Dad, to pray for all those who are going to listen to this for perseverance, mm-hmm. for a mind uh, and heart that's going to be um, uh, enlivened again for the, the real um, purpose of children's ministry, mm-hmm. a real burden for a God-given burden for mm-hmm. what, what they are doing, what they're part of. It's, it's extremely important work. This is kingdom work. And so I'm just going to ask you, can you pray for all those that will listen for uh, that vision um, mm-hmm. And so that beyond just this theology, it would go into great practice of reaching, mm-hmm. rescuing, rooting, and releasing children uh, so they can love Jesus. Sure, let's do that. Father God, thank you so much for children. Mm-hmm. Thank you that we have the privilege of working with children. And, and every person who listens to this episode, we ask, Lord, as they work with children, that they will be filled with your spirit. Yes. That they will uh, that they'll be passionate about the fact that children's ministry is essential. Yes. Lord. And that children matter to Jesus, so they should matter to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask, Lord, that everything we do in children's ministry will align and be submissive to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that your word. We haven't mentioned that in this discussion, but that your word will underpin and inform everything that we do in children's ministry so that we will be people of the word uh, in the practice and methodology of children's ministry. And we pray for the children, Lord, who Mm -hmm. are involved. Lord, there are so many children who do not know you. And we pray that you'll help us to reach, rescue, root and release the children of this world. Help us, Lord, in our communities uh, to do just that. Mm -hmm. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Dad and Lad podcast. We'll see you next week for one more final episode of this season one. God bless.